Moncrief on News Talk. Now, uh, in the Netherlands, there's also something of a housing crisis, but unlike here, rents are regulated. Nonetheless, tenants there often move into new homes unaware that they're paying too much rent. But there is an organisation there that alerts tenants to what's going on, and it's headed up by an Irishman, Shane White. Good afternoon, Shane. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, Could you start by uh, explaining the kind of point system that you have operating in the Netherlands in, in relation to rented accommodation? Uh, yes, of course. Well, uh, decades ago, the Dutch government decided that uh, they needed to keep a, a, a check on rent prices to make sure they didn't get out of control. So they established a system where they split the rental market in two. There was the free market sector, which is basically any type of a luxury house or a large house that a landlord is allowed to ask any price they want for in a similar manner to Ireland. And then there was also this category called social housing, where this would be small houses, medium-sized apartments. And these type of uh, homes are regulated, meaning that they are judged based on the number of points they get. You get points based on the number of square meters. You get points based on the kitchen facilities, the energy efficiency, etc., etc. Mm. And uh, if you add up enough, if you add up all of the points for the apartment, you get what they you get a maximum legal rent price that the landlord can ask for this property, and that's the basis of the system. So, how is that happening then? That 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 uh, uh, people are moving in uh, to to homes and they're not aware of what the the uh, the rent cap is. Uh, it mainly comes down to awareness. Um, not an awful lot of people are aware of this system, uh, especially not uh, expats. Uh, even Dutch people, they're not particularly well aware of it. And they have this idea that these rules only apply to low-cost council-style housing, uh, whereas, in fact, it, it applies to the private market and it applies to many, many, many different types of homes that they would have assumed, oh, this couldn't be work for here, this is a private market apartment. Mm. So how did you then start uh, campaigning in this area? Well, last I was aware of the rules for a couple of years, but um, I, I was living in a stable apartment and I didn't. Uh, the rent price was okay. Uh, last year, I uh, I moved city and I was looking online and I had appealed my rent once before and I, I knew what to look out for and I was looking at all of these houses on the major housing websites and looking at them, thinking, "Oh my God, these guys are asking way too much for this place." It wasn't useful for me because I wasn't moving to that city, but I started taking screenshots of the ad and then I would work out using the point system what the maximum rent price was. And I'd put it up on Reddit and I'd say, if there's anyone moving to Utrecht, here's a place you could get a huge discount on. Mm. Uh, and then you, you kind of started doing it in a more kind of organized and systematic way. Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was organized. I'm not particularly well organized with these things. Uh, I found ways to automate it. Uh, some of the calculations can be done very easily. You just need to input what the size of the room is, and you can make a pretty good guess. Uh, mostly student rooms are very easy to calculate because there's no complex points uh, that you need to add to them. So I, I just I go on to certain housing websites and I just download the entire website and then I get all the I get all the lists of all the houses and then I 
put them up online and I say, here's a list of 1,600 houses, uh, 1,600 rooms in houses. Here's what the landlord is asking, here's what he should be asking, and here's how much you can save. Right. And then after that, did you start writing to tenants directly to inform them that they were overpaying? Well, there was a couple of them. There's a couple of hundred of them that I see every month. And I think, okay, I can only put up so many ads online and tell people. Likely the people who who move into those apartments aren't going to see what I'm telling them. So I, I should just message them directly. So yeah, I have a, in front of me right now, I have a stack of about 120 letters that I have to mail out. And uh, collectively, all of those letters, if every single one of those tenants uh, appealed their rent price, they could collectively save themselves about half a million euro a year. Hmm. What's the appeal process and how, how lengthy or speedy is it? Well, in, in Ireland, you have that uh, organization. It's the uh, uh, Residential residential Tenancy Board. Mm. Uh, in the Netherlands, they have a similar one. It's called the Rent Commission. But uh, it's got a lot more teeth than the, the one in Ireland. So the process is you move into an apartment and you suspect that the rent price is too high. You make a measurement. You, you uh, confirm it and then you uh, submit, you email the, the organization, the rent commission here. They'll come to your apartment within a couple of weeks. They'll make a measurement of your apartment and they'll work out officially how many points it is and what the maximum legal rent price is. Your landlord gets alerted. Your landlord is usually not happy about this. And then after a couple of, a couple of weeks, they have a hearing. And then after a couple of weeks, they give a judgment and then the, they will either tell the landlord, yeah, this rent price is okay, or they'll tell the landlord, yeah, you're overcharging here, you've got to pay this tenant back everything he's overpaid since the beginning, mm. and you can't increase his rent ever again. And the, is the tenant safe? Or, you know, or Is there any reason why tenants might be nervous about appealing this? Oh, um, well, the Netherlands has some of the strongest tenant rights in the world compared to Ireland. Now, in Ireland, uh, if your landlord wants to sell your sell your your house, the house that you're renting, um, he has to give you a certain amount of notice, and then he tells you, "Yeah, you've got to move out now." In the Netherlands, if you're living in a house and you have a contract, that landlord cannot ask you to leave, even if he wants to sell the house. The house comes with you, the ah. owner. Does that have any effect or is there a debate about that having any effect on, on the rental market? I, there is, a, there is a, some grumbling going on on behalf of homeowners who say, oh, this is, making, this is becoming too bureaucratic. Uh, we're going to sell our houses. But there is a housing shortage here. So at the end of the day, it's almost it's a zero-sum game. Any house that can't be rented out anymore and is sold, goes onto the market, and it gets bought by someone who probably used to rent mm. or who doesn't want to rent anymore. Uh, so, no, yeah. As you know, there's a fairly severe uh, um, housing crisis here. It, 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 do you get the sense, is it, is it as bad as that in the Netherlands or, or not as severe? Cer- certain cities are particularly bad. There's a, a couple of hundred Irish students come out to the Netherlands uh, to study uh, in 
one city, Eindhoven, there is a physiotherapy program and it attracts a lot of Irish students because physiotherapy is very difficult to get into in Ireland. So a lot of Irish students go to Eindhoven uh, and they go looking for accommodation. But Eindhoven has one of the worst housing crises in the whole of the Netherlands. It's not as bad as in Ireland. I had a look on Daft earlier and saw, oh my God, there's a, mm. a tiny little 12 square meter apartment in Dublin 18 and it's going for 950 euro per month. There's a lot more availability, but it is um, there are more houses here. But overall, it's the hard part is getting into a house. Once you get in, your 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 landlord is basically shackled to you. He can't usually get rid of you. Yeah. So the the so, proportion of people in the Netherlands who rent as opposed to own. It's pretty high. Only about only over fifty percent of uh, households here are owner occupied. Um, Thirty three percent of the remaining houses are uh, in in the in the social housing category. And these are owned by massive non-profit organizations who rent out a whole house, usually for pretty cheap, maybe around 600 euro per month. Mm. Um, but there's a massive waiting list to get onto them. Yes. So you like you've been living in the Netherlands, Shane, for for quite some time. Is it doing the all this must take up a huge amount of your time? Uh, yeah, it's it, it's been my. Uh, it, it started out as a hobby, and now I'm hoping I can kind of convert this into uh, like a a nonprofit myself and do this do this full time. I have another job on the side, uh, just a, a small little uh, part time job, just okay. to make ends meet. Right. I thought you were a physicist. I was a physicist. I'm. Uh, I uh, didn't particularly like. Uh, doing research anymore though, so I <laughs> okay <through>. yeah. <laughs> you're a recovering physicist then um, I'm a recovering is... <laughs> physicist correct so do, do you like do you have other people who work with you now uh, you know in, in the hope of turning this into a, a, a non-profit well the, right now no um, I don't have any money to pay them myself so. <laughs> yes yeah. uh, uh, most of the most of the work I do myself and uh, occasionally I contact up uh, estate agents if I find if I find a, a really juicy place, but I'm not sure what the address to send the letter is to, I call them up, and I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just pretend, hey, I'm interested in this apartment. Um, can you tell me more about it? Oh, what's the address? And then I'll jot down the address, and then I'll send a letter to them later on. But uh, that's yeah. that's that's working less and less now because I think they recognise my voice. I'm, ah. I'm probably going to have to come up with a pseudo name like yeah. Monica Lully or something. <laughs> and, uh, You're showing your age there now, Shane. Uh, that's yeah. um, uh, well, g- keep up the good work. I imagine you're not very popular then among you know uh, um, landlord organisations and indeed estate agents. Um, I'd say now I'm I'm getting a, I'm getting a target painted on my back a little bit by telling people this. Yeah, a couple of, a couple of them have found my letters. They intercepted them before the tenant could get them, and one or two of them called me up to threaten threaten me and say that they're going to sue me. And although I can't imagine what for, yeah. The actually, I wonder. Eamon, one of our listeners, wants to know what happens if a, a landlord has a tenant who won't pay or doesn't pay their rent. They, can they be evicted? Oh, they they can be evicted. It takes a couple of months though. Um, I would never advocate that you stop paying your rent if you think it's overpriced. There is a procedure to do it. You can be evicted if you're an incredibly incredible nuisance, if you're not paying your rent, 
um, and under very extreme circumstances, they can get you out for different things. But it's, it usually requires a court order. The landlord can't unilaterally decide, oh, I'm kicking you out now because I want to rent it out for a higher price, like they do in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Shane, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was uh, Shane White there, uh, living in the Netherlands. His, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at rentbuster.nl. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.